0: Well, good day, friends. Welcome to Monday, to a new week of Enough for Today. Thanks for joining me. We had a wonderful weekend at Emmanuel. We're thankful for uh, Emotional Health Weekend, and uh, what a great Sunday. So Saturday and Sunday, we featured the teaching of Dr. Jonathan Hoover, who is a full-time pastor as well as one of the heads of psychology at Regents University. And just a great friend. And Jonathan really advised us well on uh, so many subjects. All of the material, I'll add, is um, available on our archive on YouTube or on the church website. It also, um, some of it we'll be using for upcoming Leading in the Gospel podcasts, which is a podcast that I host directed aimed directly at spiritual leaders and uh, last week we aired a podcast called Married in Gospel Ministry. It was Dana and I doing an interview. Part two of that goes live next week. So uh, anyway, we're doing what we can, what little we can to keep planting the seed of God's Word in hearts both locally and as far as God will take uh, the the, the broadcasts. So thanks for joining me for today's episode of Enough for Today. We're in Psalm 65 and our theme right now is praise. We're celebrating God's abundant provision in our lives and it is November so it is an appropriate time to do that historically, traditionally, biblically. This was the time of year when uh, God was finishing up the harvest and, and God's people were celebrating all that he had provided and done for them. And you gotta remember this is an agrarian culture so everything was dependent upon water, Land, soil, nutrients, crops, flocks, herds, the multiplication of these basic things. And really it all boiled down to what does God do with the water? Does he send enough rain? Um, and does the land do what it does if it has enough rain? And uh, it, that wasn't always the case. There wasn't always water. There were sometimes droughts, sometimes famines. Um, and so there was a lot writing on this. This was the economy. Okay, so everything depended on this. So, as David is penning this psalm, it seems in verses one through five that uh, the worshiper is on his way to Jerusalem, celebrating at the end of the harvest season God's great provision and anticipating the celebration at Jerusalem and the vows that will be performed and the praise that will be undertaken and um, the the, the the salvation that will be celebrated and just being able to come into the presence of God, what a great privilege it is to, to know that God will hear our prayers. And then on Friday, we talked through these verses, which by his strength, verse 6, which by his strength set as fast the mountains, being girded with power, which stilleth the noise of the sea, the noise of their waves, the tumult of the people. They also that dwell in the uttermost parts are afraid at thy tokens, your your supernatural signs, tokens, Thou makest the outgoings of the morning and evening to rejoice. And we ended there that even when my life is tumultuous, God puts me at rest. And the sense there was probably that travelers were coming towards Jerusalem on high seas and uh, at difficult times. And so God would protect and and sustain and care for them. But the idea at the end of verse 8 is that every morning and every evening, God uh, makes me rejoice. He gives me reasons to rejoice and I would say even as we studied on Saturday and Sunday emotional health coming into the winter and the gray days and the and the cloudy and the rain and the snow um, you know the, a big part of keeping your head and your heart and your mind in the right place is your walk with God and the intentionality of every morning and every evening beginning and starting the day with reasons to rejoice reminding yourself get it's really what it is it's getting your heart and your mind on the on the true soundtrack. Uh, not the dissonant soundtrack that the weather or the c- circumstances or the political season or whatever wants to create, but it's deliberately putting your heart and mind on the soundtrack that's going to uh, be quantified and qualified, defined by praise. Morning and evening, um, rejoicing. And while I'm thinking of it, soundtrack, um, one of the most powerful contributors to that is the soundtrack literally of your heart. What worship, what music do you consume? And uh, I'm not saying there's not plenty of relatively innocent secular music in lots of different genres that could be consumed for entertainment value. But in reality, the song of our lives, the soundtrack of our lives ought to be that which lifts our heart towards God, reminds us of the gospel, and causes us to dwell in his love, his wisdom, his truth, uh, singing and admonishing and teaching each other in songs, psalms, and hymns and spiritual songs. There's just something dramatic about putting your heart intentionally on that soundtrack. So we pick up in verse 9 now Thou visitest the earth and waterest it. Thou greatly enrichest it with the river of God, which is full of water. Thou preparest the corn or the grain when thou hast so provided for it thou waterest the ridges thereof abundantly thou settlest the furrows thereof thou makest it soft with showers thou thou blessest the springing thereof Now I want to pause there I want to just talk about um, verses 9 10 and 11. it's all about water and if it if you haven't caught this yet if you've been tracking through the gospel of John with us, Jesus said multiple times, uh, through chapters, you know, six, seven, eight. I am water. I am the living water. Drink, believe, consume. It may have started in John five. Now that I think about it, because that's I think that's the chapter he met the woman at the well. Um, but consume me, you'll never thirst. This water gives eternal life. Consume me, you'll have a water flowing. Uh, you'll have a wellspring of water flowing up, a fountain of living water flowing up out of you. So Jesus reached back to Psalm 65 in the hearts and minds of his hearers, grabbed that metaphor. And it's interesting because he said a lot of these things at the Feast of Tabernacles, the Festival of Tents, when they would have been singing probably this psalm. And so maybe this is, you know, maybe there's the connections we'll only know when we get to heaven. But maybe he stepped into a moment where the people at the tabernacle or temple grounds were singing this psalm, and maybe that's what provoked him to say, I am living water, drink of me. Um, So who knows? But I know this the the imagery carries all the way through the Bible. And when Jesus said, I am, I am, I am the good shepherd, I am the bread of life, I am the living water, he was reaching first back to Old Testament imagery of God, of the heart and the being and the doings of God and saying i am these things i am the fulfillment i am the personification of this god you worship but let's look at the let's look at the sense of it you, you visit god visits the earth he comes and waters the earth he greatly enriches it with the river of god with his life with his power with his blessing which is full of water the sense here is that god never needs or never wants and what what gives life to the earth in the same sense, what gives life to you and me is from him. He is the river of that life and he is full of that life and he comes to bless the earth and you and me with that life. And then the picture goes to grain. Thou preparest them corn. Now, the actual word we think of when we think of corn is uh, was not was not in the Holy Land, okay? Um, so this is referring to any really kind of grain, barley, wheat. Um, Grains that they grew back then and used to make bread. Um, So he prepares wheat and grain when thou hast so provided for it. So God allows the watering and allows the growing of the grain. Verse 10, you water the ridges. Now the holy land is full of ridges and valleys and the land is all terraced. And it's been that way for thousands of years. It's amazing to go back there and see the terraces built into the hillsides that are designed for farming um, and to imagine that these terraces were constructed um, thousands of years ago. When, when the ancient Israelites first conquered the land, they would have uh, used just the most basic of instruments and, and resources to, to level out those hillsides and to create those terraces. It's an amazing thing to consider. So the ridges God waters and the furrows he waters and makes soft with showers. Thou blessest the springing thereof. So it's really God that ordains the process of the water, the process of the seed, the process of the springing, and the process of the harvesting. Now, I I hope I haven't lost you because you're probably not a gardener, Um, but here's the takeaway, here's the big Um, The big draw away for today, and that is that God knows the needs of your life. He knows how to water those needs. He knows how to make those needs grow in abundance and flourish to harvest. He knows what needs watering. He knows what needs fertilizing. He knows what needs to grow to support and sustain you, and it's all from Him. Your capacity to work, your capacity to go and serve, your capacity to earn, save, give, It's all him. So praise him for the way he has provided for you and the way he will provide this week. And trust him because he will. Happy Monday. We'll see you tomorrow.